if it is not your fault, then it is not your fault. No matter how much that person tries to blame you, tries to put you in some sort of shame hole, if it is not your fault, then it is not your fault. The reality is, even if you did make a mistake, even if you are at fault, we do not deserve for someone else to put us in a shame hole, right? We need to maybe take a moment and reflect and say, hey, how can I be better? How can I move forward from this? How can I get back up on my feet? Whatever it is, how can I apologize? But that needs to come from us. We need to be able to have that self-reflection moment. It is not someone else's responsibility to shame us or to guilt us for that mistake that we made. Someone should not have that power over us. Hey guys, this is Coach K and you're listening to the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast where we talk about you. This is about you, your path, and your mind. So once again, here we are, another episode of the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast. Thank you so much for being here, for listening or watching. Uh, If you are a listener once a week to this podcast, I did want to let you know that you can also watch the video recordings of the podcast on my YouTube channel, Change with Coach K. I will link that in the episode description, but just wanted to let you know that that is an option, especially when we have guests. It's sometimes fun to get on there and see the video version of the podcast. One more quick thing before we get going into today's topic, I wanted to ask of you guys is if you are a listener of this podcast, you listen every week or maybe every other week, or you get caught up whenever you have time, whatever it may be. But if you're a listener of this podcast and you really enjoy it, you keep coming back for more, there's something that I want to ask of you. Could you please go leave a rating and a review of the podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, leave a rating and a review. I would really, really appreciate that. Like I said last week, that's not only for me to feel good about seeing your rating and reviews, It also is a metric that those apps use to then go and push the podcast out to more and more listeners to allow this podcast to grow, which also allows me to continue to make this podcast. So I'd really appreciate that, whether you do it now or after you listen to today's episode, to go and leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. All right, so that brings me to today's topic, which is going to be all about toxic people. Fun fun conversation, right? And I say that a little bit sarcastically because toxic people aren't fun. They definitely can bring a lot of stress into our lives. They can bring a lot of anxiety. They can bring a lot of really unwanted emotions and feelings. But the reality is a lot of us do have toxic people in our lives. So when those people are in our lives, how do we deal with them? How do we recognize, first of all, who these toxic people are and the effect that they are having on us, on my life, on my thoughts, on my emotions, on my family even. And then once I do recognize that, how do I do something about it? Okay. The reality is there are some times where there are people in our lives who need to no longer be in our lives. Okay. Those would be extreme cases, but they are also common cases. It's not that rare for there to be toxic people who just need to not be a part of our life anymore. Okay. But there are also other strategies we can use when there are these toxic people in our lives to set boundaries or to do these other things that we're going to talk about today. Okay, so to start off, I'm going to define what a toxic person is, but I'm not going to be surprised if honestly, when I say a toxic person, if there's someone that comes to mind, I think we all intuitively 
kind of understand what a toxic person looks like, what those behaviors look like, what that person makes us feel, okay? Now, whether we do anything about it or not, whether we do anything about how this person is making us feel or this person being in our life is another story. But I think we all understand what a toxic person looks like, at least to some extent. But in human behavior, toxic is used to describe someone who causes distress in others through negative words and actions. That seems pretty straightforward, right? But the interesting thing is, a lot of people who are toxic or have these toxic traits do a really, really good job of being so subtle with their actions, with their toxic behaviors, that sometimes it's actually hard for other people to recognize or to be able to really point out like, hey, that is actually a a behavior that's making me not feel very good, okay? Because these people are good at it. They can be good at being subtle with these behaviors. And now don't get me wrong, sometimes they aren't subtle, right? Sometimes toxic people are very like out with their toxicity and that's a whole nother case, all right? Other words to describe a toxic person would be manipulative, self-centered, needy, or even controlling. And again, maybe when I'm talking about this, you have someone that is coming to mind who is part of your life right now. So one thing we're not gonna really get into too much today is how a toxic person can actually help themselves and become not so toxic anymore. How they can stop or decrease these toxic behaviors that they're putting on to other people. But usually the first step for that person is recognizing where the underlying feelings are coming from that are causing these outward toxic behaviors. Most of the time, these feelings are coming from low self-esteem, or a mental health condition, such as narcissistic personality disorder. They could be coming from some sort of unresolved childhood trauma, something that this person hasn't talked about with a professional or hasn't resolved or at least tried to move past. Or they could be coming from some other deeply rooted personal issue. But the reality is these people that have these toxic behaviors or these toxic people need to do this work on their own, right? They have to take the time and energy to to recognize that they are showing these toxic behaviors. They need to be able to own up to them and they need to really dig in and understand where they're coming from. Why do they have these toxic behaviors? And while you and sometimes I might have the quote unquote, I must fix it gene, and we feel the urge to help these toxic people change, even when they're causing us hurt or or confusion, this help needs to come from within them, right? Starting to recognize and acknowledge their behavior and where it's coming from. So as much as we might want to change them or we might want change for them, just like anything else we talk about in this podcast, if this person wants a change in their life, they have to want it for themselves, right? And they have to put in the work and it's not easy. It's hard, like I say all the time. And so they have to really want it. They have to be motivated to change. But like I said, we're not going to dig into that too much today. We're going to talk about how we can detect a toxic person and how we can ourselves deal with how this person is making us feel. Just like we need to acknowledge things about ourselves in order to change them, we also have to acknowledge things about the people around us, the people that we interact with on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or whatever it is, in order to decide whether it's really actually healthy for us or not to be around this person or to be letting this person make us feel the way that we're feeling. 
Okay. Believe it or not, you may have toxic people in your life that you may not even realize because you've never really sat down and taken the time to analyze their behavior and how it makes you feel. I have had clients and I have had people in my life who have told me, I went 20 years without realizing that this person doing this, this, and this to me is not good for me. I didn't realize the correlation between them doing that is making me feel this way so that then I could go and and change something about this situation, right? And that's because it becomes so easy in the world that we're living in to go day by day by day, just going through our day to staying busy, staying distracted, and not really taking the time, like I said, to sit down, to, to think about, to reflect, to analyze, why am I feeling this way? What could be causing this? How are these people around me affecting me? Trying to pinpoint this toxicity can really be done in two ways. So the first way is recognizing repeated behaviors from someone else, okay? The second way is recognizing how someone is repeatedly making you feel. So when we're trying to sit down and reflect and pinpoint this toxicity that might be happening in our lives, we have to either recognize repeated behaviors from someone or and recognize how someone is repeatedly making us feel. So I'm going to give you some examples of both of these things. So example number one, let's say you come home from the gym one day and you're all excited to tell your significant other about the awesome gains that you've been feeling in the gym. Like you feel like you're getting stronger. You were able to lift more today. You, and in addition to that, like you've been following your nutrition plan, you've been changing some of your habits to be more healthy habits. You're even seeing some areas of your body that you've been wanting to see more like toning in. You're seeing it. You're starting to see that that muscle definition. So anyways, you're just having like this really feel good moment that you come home and you're sharing with your partner. Now, the response that you get, okay, you get an unenthusiastic response And that response is asking if, you know, you're going to be now too tired to go and do the few other things that you guys had planned that afternoon because now you've gone and you've spent a lot of your energy at the gym. And that person knows you also have to meal prep your lunch. And so they're in a rush and they're wondering, you know, if you're going to have time to go do these other things. They're also worried that you may not be as much fun and they may not say this directly, but you get this feeling, okay, that you may not be as much fun anymore because you've decided not to eat out as much because you're trying to be healthier with your food decisions. This is an example of this person being judgmental as well as selfish and always finding a way to first criticize you and your actions before just being happy for you, for before just giving you praise for all the hard work you've been putting into this and prioritizing what you want to prioritize. This is also an example of this person not understanding that you both are individuals who are allowed to have your own goals. You're allowed to have your own priorities. You're allowed to spend time apart if you both are wanting to do something different, right? So this is where that selfishness comes in. This is a a toxic behavior, all right, from this person. Another example, let's say you meet up with your friend at a coffee shop to catch up. You guys haven't seen each other in a long time. You've both been really busy with your lives. Maybe you both have kids. And so just trying to get together, trying to find an hour for you guys to meet at a coffee shop just to catch up has been really difficult. But you guys finally meet up. You're really excited to catch up. You have lots of things about your life that have been going on that you're excited to share and you're excited to talk about. Well, you get to coffee and your friend totally dominates the conversation the whole time. You ask her questions about how things are going. You're you know, even being an active listener. And before you know it, time is up. 
and you never really get asked how things are going for you. This is an example of this person being self-centered. And by the way, this probably wasn't the first time this, that this has happened with this person. You've met up with this person before and you ask, you ask, you ask, you want to hear more about them, kind of almost expecting the same back and you just don't get it and it continues to leave you disappointed. Example number three, everything is good. You're feeling good. You wake up on a weekend morning. You're excited about what you guys have planned for that day. You're excited to have fun, spend some time with your family and friends. And all of a sudden, you get a call or a text from that one person. The one person who you know can some, some way, can find a way to alter the trajectory of your day. They just know the wrong thing to say. They just know how to shame you. They know how to make you feel guilty. They know how to bully you or to put you down. And even as hard as you try not to allow that person to affect you and your emotions and affect the rest of your day, they still do, okay? So not a super specific example there, but again, that may ring a bell for some of us. It may kind of show us, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. There, I do have that person in my life. And a few other behaviors of toxic people, I'm not going to give specific examples, but things to look out for just to go through quickly, are drama follows them everywhere, right? Wherever they are, no matter if it's a work situation, a friend situation, a family situation, whatever it is, drama follows them everywhere. Another behavior of a toxic person is they never see themselves as the problem. It always seems to be everyone else's fault. They can't take blame for what they have done, for what they say. They can't take, not only blame, they can't take ownership for what they have done or what they have caused or any of that. They always point to other people in those situations, all right? And then lastly, another behavior of a toxic person is they drain the positive energy out of the room. Not all toxic people drain the positive energy out of the room. I think that's an interesting thing about toxic people and maybe even narcissistic people. Some narcissistic people actually fill a room with energy, okay? But then there are other rooms that that person is in that they drain. So it kind of depends on who their audience is, right? What show they're putting on on that day. But a common behavior of a toxic person is that they will drain the positive energy out of the room. So... Those are some potential behaviors of a toxic person and some examples that may or may not ring a bell for you. And like I said, this is one way to pinpoint a toxic person is to recognize these re repeated behaviors that this person is showing you. And like I also said, the other way that we can recognize a, a toxic person in our lives is to recognize how a toxic person is making us repeatedly feel. All right. So what might we feel? What might a toxic person make us feel? Well, number one, let's say you end up in an argument with a person and the argument seems to go on and on and it goes on and on. It just keeps going. And what the argument is even really about and how you feel about the situation starts to become confusing or you start to become very unsure of yourself or your take on the situation. Now, there might be other reasons why this is happening, but this could be a sign of a toxic person making you feel confused and unsure of yourself and using manipulation in order to do this. 
Another sign in this situation is do you tend to leave these interactions with this same person feeling drained? Like I was talking about before, toxic people tend to drain the positive energy out of a room. So do you leave this feeling drained? Do you leave it feeling maybe anger? Do you leave it feeling full of anxiety, right? This could be another sign that this is a toxic person in your life, all right? A few other ways that a toxic person may make you feel that I think are worth mentioning is you feel like you're always walking on eggshells around this person and you feel like you're frequently having to change your behavior to adapt to this person. Okay, so how do we deal with toxicity so that we can find the right kind of support for ourselves, right? Like if we have these toxic people in our lives, I gonna guess they're not the support that is fully going to support us. So how do we recognize these people? How do we start to recognize how these people are making us feel so that we can find the right kind of support for ourselves so that we can do all these things with our lives that we want to, we can make these changes, we can be the people that we want to be. I was saying this at the beginning of the podcast, but while there may be some times that we just need to cut ties with a toxic person, there might be other times where either you just don't feel this is possible or you honestly don't want that solution, okay? Like, for example, let's say you have a family member who, you know, when I'm reading through some of these examples of toxic traits or how people are making you feel, this person comes to mind, right? But when you think about this person, it's, you know, you also don't want to cut out this person from your life. Well, while there might be times when you need to cut out a family member, again, there are those times I would imagine that that's probably not the first choice for most. So it's hard to do, right? We love that person. Like I said, sometimes it's necessary, but I do think there are other things that we can try first. So I'm going to talk about here just a few ideas on how to deal with toxic people. So number one is going to be, I'm sure you could actually probably guess what it's going to be because it gets talked about a lot, I feel like these days, which I love, but it's setting boundaries, right? But I'm going to say not only just setting boundaries, it's also setting boundaries even if it gives you guilt. So this one's pretty self-explanatory, but the real challenge here is eliminating the guilt when we're setting these boundaries. Or even if we can't eliminate the guilt, we're moving forward with setting the boundaries even if it gives us some guilt to do so. And having the self-determination to follow through with that boundary is also really important. So back to the family member example, you may feel guilt setting boundaries with this person. This person has been in your life a long time, maybe forever, your whole life. You love this person. This person has done a lot for you. You've done a lot for this person and so on. You almost feel like you owe them. You owe them this relationship. You owe them to keep things the way that they have always been. But setting the boundaries, even in this case, are so critical to move forward with a healthier relationship, right? Recognizing this relationship is not serving me the way that I want it to. I want this to be a healthier relationship. So let me try this. Let me set this boundary. Let me stick to it and see what the result is. Most of the time, the outcome of the boundaries on the relationship will make it all feel worth it. And I think the other important thing to remember here is, is that someone who cares about you and someone who has the emotional intelligence to respect this boundary is someone that you do want in your life, is someone that you do want as part of your support system. So if the person is not respecting them, if this person is not respecting the boundaries that you have so clearly set and that you are so self-determined to stick to, then that's something to consider all in, an, in its own, right? Right. 
So that is one thing to try. I'm not trying to say that setting boundaries always works. Or I should say I'm not trying to say that the person will always respect the boundary, right? But the boundary is yours to always set. So that's that's idea number one. So idea number two on how to deal with toxic people is to avoid getting into the drama. And when I say this, I don't mean to say like that we're never there for people and that we don't support them and we don't listen to what's going on in their life because I think that's important. I think that's important to have people in our life who can listen to us, who can be there for us, who can support us, just just listen, right? And say, I'm sorry, or say uh, to empathize with us. That community is huge. It's It's very, very important. And we should feel like we can talk to people. We don't have to always hold everything that we're feeling in, right? But toxic people may find something negative with everything they do in a day. For example, they go to the grocery store and somehow they come home with some sort of drama about the parking lot or about the cashier or something along those lines, right? So this is very different than someone confiding in you or you confiding in someone when something, you know, obviously big or, um, you know, is having a big impact on you. In this case, try and avoid the curiosity that might arise when someone starts venting or talking about the drama and try and keep this communication on kind of like a need to know basis, right? Try and find other areas of common ground when you're with this person. Try and get deep into a conversation about something that you feel like you both would really enjoy talking about. Maybe this person is is finding ways to to fill the void. They're feeling like they're always needing to communicate about something. And so they're they're talking about just about everything, even if it is just, oh, this person cut me off in the parking lot, right? So maybe make the effort to try and start up some other conversation that you both would enjoy. And again, though, if this is getting out of hand at some point, are you willing to set your boundary? Are you willing to say, hey, so I want to support you and I want to be there for you, but this topic has really started to drain me, right? Can we talk about something else today? I think that is a very fair thing to say. So I actually was just watching the movie Air with Cora last night, and the movie is all about Michael Jordan and how Nike found a way to sign him when he was getting drafted into the NBA. And there was a quote in that movie from Michael Jordan's mom, who Viola Davis plays in the movie, that really stood out to me. And and she said, saying what you want is fine and good, but doing something about it is what counts. And I think it just sits so deeply with me because it's so true and it's, but it's so hard. And I talk about that in this podcast all the time, but like doing what is hard just not a lot of people do, right? Like a lot of us will just say what we want and we'll say how we want to change a situation and we'll say how we want something to be different. But then do we actually go and do it? Like a lot of people don't, including myself sometimes, but that's what counts, okay? So again, if you're finding that you're just getting drawn into this drama, right? Maybe try and find some sort of other common ground to to fill the conversation. And if not, again, maybe that's where a boundary needs to be set. Third idea, third idea to try with someone who is showing toxic behaviors or for just a toxic person is talk with them about it. And I want to make it clear, this is not going to work for everyone. Okay. There are people, like I've already mentioned, who do have, you know, full on narcissistic behavior 
or other personality disorders or some unaddressed mental health issue and talking about it, having a challenging conversation with that person, I will tell you right now is not the answer. Okay. And I'll get into that in a set more in a second here, but if that's not the case, all right, sometimes a person who exhibits some toxic behaviors might not be aware, right? And maybe they've never really had anyone tell them that, you know, this is happening. So in this case, consider having a heart-to-heart conversation about what you're experiencing, right? Make it about you, like what you're feeling, how you're feeling in this situation, right? As an example of this could be the friend who never asked how you're doing. Maybe a conversation could change this and honestly save the friendship, just letting them know like, hey, I really loved hearing about you, but I was also really excited to tell you a lot about what I had going on and I just didn't really feel like I had the opportunity to do that. Like I would love next time when we chat that um, I get to tell you more about, you know, my life as well, right? And maybe they're like, oh my gosh, you're totally right. You're totally right. I, I really, you know, would love to hear more about you. Let's make sure we do that next time, right? And again, I know that it maybe all sounds a little bit cheesy, but I think it's really real. But like I said, that isn't going to work with everyone. I actually was having a conversation with my therapist recently, and I was talking about how I might want to have this conversation with this person and I was describing this person and their behavior and my therapist said hey actually I'm not sure that having this heart-to-heart conversation with this person is going to end the way that you want it to based on some of those narcissistic personality traits okay so there is that (laughs) there is that case too all right another idea another idea on how to deal with toxic people is to limit your time around them all right so maybe You've tried setting boundaries and they're not respected. Maybe you've tried having a hard to heart and that wasn't respected. In these cases, if this relationship continues to cause you a great deal of stress and harm, maybe it's time to start to limit your time around this person or cut ties with them altogether, right? But maybe limiting your time around the person actually solves the problem here. I actually thought an interesting example of this was from Kristen Press, who is on the USA Women's National Soccer Team. And she was on the We Can Do Hard Things podcast. And she was talking about a relationship that she has in her life that she was considering having to cut ties with, but she wanted to, you know, try some other things first before getting to that point. And so she found that actually not spending time with this person in the evenings solved whatever issues the relationship was having, right? So she set her boundary of telling this person, I cannot spend time with you in the evenings for whatever reason. She didn't get into the reasons, but that solves whatever issues that relationship was having, all right? So sometimes just limiting the time with that person, maybe it's specific times, maybe it's holidays, maybe it's evenings, maybe it's times when both people are drinking or whatever it is, can solve a lot of the issues and and how this person is making you feel negatively. Okay. So the last idea I have for you to deal with toxic people in your life or deal with people who have toxic behaviors is to ditch the blame. Okay. If it is not your fault, then it is not your fault. No matter how much that person tries to blame you, tries to put you in some sort of shame hole. If it is not your fault, then it is not your fault. The negative feelings like anger, guilt, or anxiety you may experience are not yours to bear. These feelings are owned by the person who is projecting them onto you to help them fulfill some sort of unmet need. And I, 
And I know that that is hard to come to terms with, but when we can do that, it just allows us to move on. The reality is, even if you did make a mistake, even if you are at fault, right? We do not deserve for someone else to put us in a shame hole, right? We need to maybe take a moment and reflect and say, hey, how can I be better? How can I move forward from this? How can I get back up on my feet? Whatever it is, how can I apologize, right? But that needs to come from us. We need to be able to have that self-reflection moment. It is not someone else's responsibility to shame us or to guilt us for that mistake that we made, okay? So someone should not have that power over us. So ditch the blame. That's my last idea. Hopefully, one of these ideas at least gives you a starting point on how you can start to handle or deal with these toxic people in your life. These are all just ideas. Every situation is very different. I do want to make that very clear. I am not a professional, right? The, the, you know, if you have a situation uh, with a toxic person in your life right now that is causing you great a great deal of harm, a great deal of distress, I would highly recommend talking to a professional, getting a therapist. I think therapy is one of the best things that all of us can be a part of. A weekly, bi-weekly, even once a month conversation with a therapist is such a great way just to self-reflect, really take that hour to understand what is happening to me, what is happening around me, how are these people around me affecting me, and then to get some of that professional advice and questions asked to us to understand how can I move forward or how can I deal with this, etc. So if you are dealing with something along those lines, I would highly recommend that. But like I said, hopefully something that I said here at least starts starts this path forward. Okay. So this is what I'm going to leave you with today. Like I always do, changing your path will not be easy. It will be challenging. I'll say that over and over again, but it will be so worth it. So I ask that you do a self-check today. Are you on your path of your mountain? And if not, what path are you on? 